0: Hi, I'm John Olubenga from Ancestry Travel Group. You are watching Hashtag TV. So comment, thumbs up, share, and subscribe.
1: Week 118. All
0: right. Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to Hashtag TV's All the Tea. I am here with my good friend, John Olubenga of the Ancestry Travel Group. John, say hi to everybody.
0: Hello, everybody, and thanks for having me. Um, I'm glad to share the ATG story today.
1: Absolutely, and and we're going to learn some amazing things about the Ancestry Travel Group and its origin. So let's go ahead and get started. First question, and this is a, a standard one. For our audience who may not yet know, where are you from? And what
0: do you love most about your origin story? Um, so I'm from, I'm originally from Nigeria. My parents are from Nigeria, but um, I moved to the United States at a very early age. So you can say I'm at this point I'm considered Nigerian American, but I'm Nigerian. All right. And um, what do I love about my origin story? Um, I, like, I mean, I like the fact that I know my ancestral roots and I know exactly where I came from, which is why, which has really helped me with just navigating not just America, but the entire world overall.
1: I am sure that is very helpful. I, I know that I can trace my roots back a certain way, but then it does. Eventually stops. So I do understand the benefit of that truth. Now, what in okay, so you are Ancestry Travel Group, right? So what inspired the naming and general goal mission of the Ancestry Travel Group?
0: So the inspiration came from um Back when I was in the military and um, this was really when I started getting to know a lot of um, African-Americans and kind of tr- just trying to understand their story versus our story and want to see w- what's the difference. What, what exactly is the disconnect here? Why don't we really like each other, I guess, because th- there was a lot of friction between Africans and African-Americans in the past. It's probably still there, but not as much anymore. So. Um, I just, I listened and I asked questions and wh- one thing I just started noticing was the fact that um, the main difference was pretty much the fact that I, as an African person, knew exactly where I was from, right? And I, you can't tell me I'm American, I know I'm not American, but everybody else seemed to always fight that battle of, well, we're Americans, we want equal rights why are you not in this fight with us as a black person? And uh, at that moment, I started asking questions and I started uh, understanding better and realized a lot of people just don't, just, it's because they don't know their ancestry roots and they believe, well, America is all we know. So America should treat us right. So the, the inspiration kind of came from there. I started taking people traveling with me, you know, just, just for fun initially. But cause my, um, the ancestry travel group, um, mentor is create your own narrative. I just help them get there. And then however you feel about it is, is how you feel about it. I'm not, I don't want to control that. So, um, I, I, I did notice that that, that did help a lot of folks. I've had friends that actually moved to Nigeria, interestingly, and, and, I, and I'm still here. So, um, at that point, was I just felt, well, since this is a travel group, we go to a lot of places, not just Africa. We typically, initially, we traveled to a lot of South American countries and European countries, and then we started throwing Africa into that. So at that point, I'm like, well, um, I might as well just make this a full concept, and what, the best name for it is exactly what inspired it, which was to find help, help black people find their ancestry um, roots. So at that point, it was just, Ancestry Travel Group. That's where that came from.
1: I I throw this word around a whole lot. Dope. But that is dope. Absolutely. And that's very cool. All right. Now, thus far, what has been the best experience on an Ancestry Travel Group trip? What has been your best experience?
0: On an ancestry travel group trip. Um, actually, it was it was it was a pretty basic experience, but to me, it was it was big because that was kind of what, that was kind of what I was anticipating, or that was what I expected when I um, started the whole travel group. Um, we we went to we went to a uh, a village in Nigeria. And and they and um, some of the local folks over there, they started bringing up um, their religion. And when I say their religion, I'm talking about like Ifa and um, Arumila and things like that, like the 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 African religion before before the Europeans came in and introduced Christianity. So um, there was this lady that was that just gravitated towards that, and she. I didn't, I didn't expect that she did, did her research before the trip, that she even knew about all of this. But she was so engraved into it that she ended up getting a, a whole new name. Um, you know, just like a lot of the Muslims who change their when people so go Muslim, they change their names. She got a whole new name. She, um, she ended up moving out there. She's the one I was talking about. That, that she moved out there. And she, um, like, till today, she would just call me to thank me for just making that connection for her. And the funny part is, that aspect of the trip is the one that makes me nervous the most, because I, I, cause I don't think, I didn't think people, you know, coming from America, you, you know, we've, we've kind of lived the, uh, compared to how I grew up, we've been living a luxurious life. I didn't think anybody would gravitate towards that. And, you know, it was, it was surprising, but at the same time, it was a great, that, that was a great day for me as the, as, the, as the founder of Ancestry Travel Group, because that's what it's all about, is to really, really do a deep dive of your ancestry and not just, not just going to, not just showing up and saying, oh, okay, I'm from here, great. But the fact that she did a deep dive of the religion, the people, and, um, and like I said, she kind of engraved herself into, into that. That was a, that was a, that was my favorite. Experience. Of course, you know, we've had a lot of fun. We party, we do all these other things. But that part was the, um, what's the most interesting aspect, uh, experience for me, personally.
1: Wonderful. Uh, amazing. I, I will say just a fun little fact. I actually, when I was a young kid, my second mother took, us to a place and they gave us african names and my name that i was given was omoba so when i hear this song by uh, the prince uh tiwa savage in the prince and the prince shouts out omoba i'm like hey that's me but um yeah You you know what that means right um, son of the king, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, so, so it's always I always tell folks just always look at the the uh, if you want to learn like just the basics of the Yoruba language, it's always just the roots you should learn the 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 prefixes of everything like Omo Oba, um, like my name Oluwa. Like they all mean kind of once you know what those mean, you'll be able to tell you'll be able to figure out people's names and what their names actually uh, mean.
1: Interesting. I you know, I, I never knew that and I, I I'm known for tangents, but that I I know that like Kopi means uh born on Friday, so I gravitate to that because technically June tenth, nineteen eighty three. Was a Friday, but I never knew. So Omoba specifically is Yoruba.
0: Yes, because Um Omo means uh, a child, hmm. and Oba is his king. So, but that's a Yor- Omoba Omo is Yoruba, yes, to so answer your question.
1: Nice, okay. I never knew that, but, or at least I, I certainly didn't remember it from childhood. But yeah, thank you very much. And see that that's what Ancestry Travel Group is all about, right? Enlightenment. Yes, I I I love it. Now, please give our Verse TV family a sip of all the tea on what someone can pick up on an Ancestry Travel Group trip. And I know you sort of answered that a moment ago as far as the what people get on the ancestry travel group trip, but if you had anything additional.
0: Um, So I would say, um, so ancestry travel promotes the whole come home um, movement, as you can see with the shirt, come home. But it's not, it's not, I don't want people to take that literal, right? Like I'm not asking you to pack your bags and go and just go there, but but it's just the idea of just the connection of it, of just having having that. I, I just believe every black person should be connected to their ancestry roots. And when I say connected, you know, it could just be you visiting once a year, once every three years. Or, you know, just the fact that you, you're aware of that that place exists and that if anything goes wrong, you have somewhere to go. Like that, that's the, like that's the main, like that's the simple, the simple message I try to push out, right? Like, hey, worst case scenario? Like just like the Asian community can go back to Asia if anything goes wrong. And the fact that um, people know that they can go back is why they can change the laws really quickly when they ask. So once black people get to that, point where they know that hey you know i do have a place to go i don't have to take this i believe a lot of things will change but that's just me that that's just me but overall i just want people to just just have that um spiritual connection to the ancestry roots that's the bottom line now however you take the come home movement however you translate or interpret that create your own narrative. I'm not going to tell you exactly what to do. Some people go there and just go, oh, okay, now I know. Some people go and actually want to, like, purchase land and build over there. Some people just want to invest. However you do it, I long that you just come home. Just have that spiritual connection. That's the, that's, the one, that's the major thing I want people to get from it. Now, of course, that's just, that's just on the surface, right? You can do a deeper dive into that, and it can mean whatever you want it to mean.
1: Nice, okay. Now, I know Ghana recently had its year of the return. So it seems like, it is Nigeria working on something like that? Like, is that sort of the origin of the shirt or is it just sort of a a general thing just come to Africa period? Because the state, uh, countries were drawn out by others anyway. Well, so I've been watching that. Uh, I journey of an African colony. But uh, say that again. I, I I've been watching on Netflix the, the journey uh, of an African
0: colony. I I think that's okay. What it's called, but yeah. Oh, you are talking about the um the story of the African colony? Yes, uh-huh, so I'm glad you bring that up I mean, I'm glad you brought that up because so I, folks have asked me a lot about this whole thing, like well, uh, it seems like you only focus on the West, the western part of Africa, and I'm like, well, the truth is, I understand the whole um, slave trade um, a little a little more than probably the average person because i studied it a little bit, but most most um, African most African Americans are from the same region, right? Which is why, if you look at um, ancestry DNA and even African ancestry DNA, the the new one, hmm. um, 23andMe does that too. But all of those DNA, I tell folks, I'm like, you know, you should go try it anyway, but I bet you you're from one of these Three regions, and they're always from there. So it's like we kind of already know where we're all from, but I don't, I, I don't want it to seem like I'm only promoting West Africa because I do want the entire continent to prosper. So I promote the continent, but for people that want to go outside of West Africa, I typically will um, connect them with other folks that are working in that region. But um, as, as far as my objective goes, is to connect people to their ancestry roots, and we know we, we know where majority of um, black people's ancestry roots are. Like we're talking about the black people in Brazil, the black people in um, Jamaica, the black people in America, the black people in, um, in that lives in um, in the UK. Majority of them are from that region and mostly Nigeria because Nigeria was the, was the biggest um, coast in that, in that whole region that had the most natural and human resources. So that's why, so that's why I focus mostly on um, Nigeria, Republic of Benin, Ghana, and, um, and sometimes Sierra Leone, but mostly in the on western region is where I take people to and just say, hey. And if, but people do get there and realize like, oh, Okay, this kind of feels like home. Everybody looks like me, and they kind of do the same things we would do when we were kids. I'm like, yeah, that's because African and black culture are the same thing, even though they took us out of it it never they never took the culture out of us so
1: that's amazing, and I could go into a million more questions, but I have these questions that that I was like, these are going to be the questions. So I'll go back to that. Thank you. Now, so a passport is needed with a country appropriate visa. And I used to think that all you needed for international travel anywhere was just a passport. Okay. And for those in the diverse TV family, like me, who have not traveled internationally yet, how does an additional visa fit into the travel? And how much is it?
0: So, um, typically, America, America, the United States has a lot of... Um, Um, agreements with a lot of countries, not African countries, though. (laughs) Now, if you go to the African islands, like Mauritius and um, the seashells and places like that, I believe it's um, free entry for Americans. But most of the other African countries require a visa. Just like the same way you were everybody that is not American requires a visa to come into America. So, um, As far as um, the West African countries are concerned, they do require a visa. So you have to go to the consulate here in America. Um, I believe, let's let's just use Nigeria, for example. They have, um, there's a consulate in DC. There's one in Atlanta, I believe. There's um, there's one in California. So typically a lot of my travelers, um, what I do is I'm able to get the visa as a group for everybody. However, you, you'll be required, you, if you're com- but that's if you're comfortable enough to send your passport to me, because I will still need your physical passport to get the visa into it. Right. So you, so you would have to send the, you would have to send the passport to me to then put that application in. So, but here's, I guess you can see here's a T, right? I just, I was able to negotiate on um, well, my last trip with the Nigerian government that ATG can now um, provide visa on arrival to, to to the customers. So that what that means is it's still the same process, but you don't have to do it here. You can do it when you get to the airport in Nigeria. Nice. Uh, so so all that running all the running around you have to do here, that's kind of. Um, Taken away. But as far as the visa goes, um, the visa, I, th- I believe, is about $285 if, you do, if you're doing it here. And if you're doing it in Nigeria, it's, it's about it's the same price. But like I said, the, the major difference is the fact that you don't have to go through the hassle of sending, sending your passport in, going in for the interview, and then waiting for them to send your visa back to you and all of that. Okay. So now you can just travel, well, of course, you have to send me some information and I would get, the, I would get them to send me a letter approving you to come in. That's the letter you show at the airport so they can let you travel. Because typically what, what they do for international travels is when you get to the airport, they would, depending on the country you're going to, they will take a look at your passport to see if you have a visa. If you don't, they will tell you you're not going to be able to get into that country. So I will provide a letter that guarantees that it will let you through. And then when you get to Nigeria, you get your visa on your passport.
1: That's amazing. I I never knew that. And I always thought that you get the visa in country, um, regardless of the country. But you're saying that through Ancestry Travel Group, you all made it a little bit easier for us and that we're able to, we are able to get it upon arrival.
0: Yes, they, so they call they call that the uh, what they call it is in there on their thing is visa on arrival. So whenever people actually just tell them, oh yeah, we can just get visa on arrival as well, and that's a major thing for a lot of travelers because they don't like going through the ooplas of running around trying to send your passport in, go for an interview, and you know all of that. You can just skip that skip that whole process and, of his own arrival.
1: Nice. So I told my uncle about an ancestry travel group trip to the continent and he is interested. And he asked me how is flight arrival coordinated? Like since you get your own flight correct.
0: You um, broke up just now. I didn't I didn't hear the second half of your question.
1: Oh. How, how is flight arrival coordinated?
0: Okay. Um so what what typically happens is um we try to we try to coordinate everybody's flights um so that we can all get there at the same time, mostly as, as possible, you know, as much as possible. But that's not always the case, of course. So um, what happens is wh- whoever doesn't get there, when we get there, we will, when, we'll, all they need to do is send us their uh, arrival time, and we'll be at the airport um, waiting for them. So and when I say waiting for them, meaning as soon as they land and they get, they get, they get to the customs, we'll be there to um, assist them with everything. Nice.
1: Okay. And get their visa on arrival and all of that and get yes that
0: that entire process
1: nice okay so another logistics question what is the fee for everything ancestry travel group provides and
0: what is included in that fee so um it it all depends on each ancestry travel group has an objective, right? So it all, it all depends on what's in, what's, what kind of fits within that objective. But we're going to use this next trip in November as, as an example for this conversation. Um, it's the, the November trip is a cultural explosion, right? So we're going there for... This is just all culture stuff. Like, we're not, we're not doing the... Fa- we'll probably stay in the fancy places, but we're going to do a lot of culture stuff. So... Um, now, the fee for this is um 1100 to include your um, accommodation and transportation to um, all curated ATG curated events. Now, I say all ATG curated events because I don't want people thinking once you get once you get in country, I'm going to show for you everywhere. <laughs> it's it's just for like if. If I say we're going to go see um, a cultural event or we're going to attend something, yes, we're going to provide a group transportation for that. However, for folks that just want to relax and just chill, they don't want to do a lot of the event, that's fine too. Um, we do have, um, well, I'll talk about the transportation, all the transportation later. But as far as this is concerned, what's covered is um, transportation to all ATG curated events, accommodation throughout the entire period and um some of the accommodations comes with food of course but food is pretty cheap in Nigeria and you know people people even even when I offer food people tend to go eat outside anyway because you go to the fancy restaurants over there and cheap so um but yeah so I come with, and airport and um airport pickup airport drop off definitely people people like to hear that a lot um But yeah, so that's what's covered in the base in the base fee. Now um, we we always come up with additional activities that folks can, um, folks that would be you can either pay pay for yourself or we can try to get a group deal if we have enough enough people doing it as well. For example, um, a lot of people like to party; they want to go to the club and live it up and all of that. it, uh, we can always reserve um, tables at some, of this, at some of the popular clubs out there or just the, whatever nightlife lounge or whatever is going on. But the thing is, like I said, we'll have to reserve that ahead of time so we can coordinate things. We can be well coordinated. We don't want people just running up and down on their own. However, if you want to run up and down on your own, you can do that as well. I just, um, if we're not in a big city, if we're outside of the big cities, I tend to be more hands-on because I feel like once you're on my trip, you're I am responsible for you and your safety. So, like I said, once we're not in a big city, I'm a little bit more hands-on, and I'll probably be in your business a lot. So, where we going today? You know, what are you doing? Things like that. But um, but overall, like I said, um, the fees will usually vary based on what we end up doing. Additionally. But the basic things are covered, your accommodation, airport, airport pick up and drop off, and um, a few of the cultural events that we'll be doing will be covered as well.
1: Nice. Very cool. Now, also, it just generally speaking, how much money should someone prepare to spend on the trip in total? Just, Just saying, how much do I need to make sure I have put away to pay for the ATG trip as well as whatever else is commonly done by the guests on the trip?
0: Um, so we're looking at the ATG trip, which is around 1100, and then your flights at that around November period will be let, let's let's just say a thousand, just to, on that. But you know, it, it usually varies with airlines. You can get some for eight hundred, nine hundred. But but I just always say let's just estimate about a thousand for that. And then as far as your spending money is concerned, it all depends on what you want to do. Um, and I say that because so as of today, the exchange rate is like over almost four hundred four hundred naira to one dollar. So, let's say you have $500 of spending money. $500 of spending money is about 200000 of their of their money. 200000 is a lot of money. It, uh, you, uh, know. Okay. you know. But, uh, however, I say that to say, if you want to go, go to the club and get tables and just ball out the whole time, then two hundred thousand dollars might not be a lot of money. But as far as, hey, I wanna I wanna I wanna buy I wanna buy artwork like I have up here. I wanna buy souvenirs for my friends, um, I wanna go to the restaurant to eat you know, eat here and there, things like that. That's a lot of money. You you'll be fine with that. So so, typically, on average, people, people bring outside of the air, airline, and once people get to Nigeria, they typically, on average, people have about $500 of spending money. I've had people that, um, one of my last interviews that I did, um, I don't know if you, I posted that on IG. The young, the young lady mentioned that she only spent $300 the entire time, and she was tipping and spending money. So, it all depends on. The type of things you're trying to do once you get in country, um, but overall, I would just say, outside, if on average, just have $500 extra spending money. However, I advise people to also always have their credit card anyway for any international travels. In case of emergency, you don't know. Um, I mean, stuff happens. You know, you you might need extra money. You know, put, always have your credit card on hand. But just anticipate about $500 on average of spending money outside of um, your flight and your ATG accommodations and everything.
1: Okay. And that brings up a, a really good point because a lot of people might not know. One, in addition to the fact that for travel, Uber is a real thing in West African countries as well. Second... Credit so it sounds like you're saying credit cards can be accepted. Like, I, I can take an American credit card overseas, and that's
0: okay, it'll work. Yes, it does, it, it, it works. So, <clears throat> the key days, like I said, I always advise, I know a lot of people that use their credit cards all the time, but. Me personally, and if you ask for my advice, I would say try to have cash on that and just have your credit card for emergency purposes only. You know, just, just so you don't, um, you, you kind of, just so you're able to mitigate the risk of anything going wrong, I don't know, if you lose your credit card or if, 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 if somebody, you know, steals your credit card and, they, and you want to dispute the fee, it's hard to dispute something that's international. When you get back in country. So that's why I would say just have it, it works fine and all of that, but I would say just use it for emergency purposes only. Thank but, you. But like I said, that's just me. That's a very helpful tip.
1: Now, speaking of helpful tips, I will say as someone fighting through mobility issues related to my multiple sclerosis diagnosis, and currently using a walker, I must ask: How is accessibility for people on an ancestry travel group trip? And might there be help available? And you see my, my little walker thing right there. Blah blah blah. And I tried to get it out of the camera, but whatever.
0: Now, um, <laughs> as far, as far as um providing. Assistance with that. If, now, let me, let me just talk about the continent overall. Now, accessi- accessibility for anybody with any handicap is not, is not the best over there. Let's just start with that. So what I typically would do, because I, I had a young lady last time that um, she had some health issues. Let me just put it that way that she needed, she needed additional, uh, like she needed assistance at all times. So what I did was I found, um, I was able to get her a, I don't want to call it a a personal, well, you, I guess you can call it a personal aid, somebody that was with her at all times that kind of just helped her to a lot of that, a lot of those things. But when it comes to the, a lot of the activities that we do, it would be difficult to kind of navigate a lot of those um things because like i said the the roads are like uh, so so getting places is a little you have to make spec it's possible you have to make special accommodation for it but um but it's not it's not the, the continent is not set up right now for um at, um to make things easier for people with um with a with an, with a handic- any kind of handicap, just put it that way. But I will tell you this: the good thing about Africa right now for us Americans or people with dollars is you can almost get anything done. You know, because the, the, think about it this way: there is um it is a uh, poverty-stricken um, region. So it's a lot of people that don't have uh, unemployment. The unemployment rate is sky high. So folks are available to do a lot, of, a lot of jobs. So if you're coming with dollars and you want something done, we can make it happen for you. Let's put it that way. But as far as everything just being just easy and it's just there, I can just travel on my own and make it happen. Uh, it's probably not the best um, thing to do we'll have to make arrangements ahead of time okay
1: well thank you very much for, for your honesty of about that and what's going on what options there are because there are options and that's a good thing so yes thank you now the moment we've all been waiting for it kind of right Burst TV is an LGBT plus and ally social media millennial collective, all right? So, we must ask about LGBT plus travelers. Now, I've been talking with a chocolate man I've been dating about taking a 2022 trip to Nairobi, and... It's my understanding that the continent is simply not a fan of public displays of affection, regardless of sexuality. So, walking, hold, nevertheless, uh, walking, holding hands with another man is okay. Even heterosexual men do that sometimes. It's my understanding. And I wanted to know, how does that manifest? How, how do heterosexual men feel comfortable holding each other's hands, walking, and not being a situation of a parent protecting a child or something like that?
0: So that that has changed a little bit now. Um, if if people see that now, they would immediately say, "Oh, you're gay." But in the past, when I was growing up in Nigeria, I I guess this is where you would say sometimes ignorance is a good thing, right? No nobody you don't know what you don't know in life. So, back in the days, men walk around, it's just men and men embrace each other a lot in um in Africa. And they show emotions, they, they just, I mean, like I said, they just embrace each other a lot. Now, as the years kind of um, went by, it became, wait, I'm, according to America, that's gay, that's gay, and that's not a good thing. So, we need to start setting our men to stop doing that. Mm-hmm. So, now just, so now just start, they start, like, pointing it out, because I remember when I was in school back in this, we walk around, we, um, me and my guy friends, we hold each other we embrace each other we walk around like like it was nothing and um now that we think back on it we go oh um you know it's funny my friend some a couple of my friends from, from back in the days we were talking the other day i'm like hey, remember um mike from school when we were in boarding school you know mike was gay but we didn't know and we didn't care <laughs> that's why i said sometimes ignorance is a good thing right um he was just a uh, a guy that was, that, that was going through the same struggles we were going through. So we were all close and we're all friends. Um, if you like girls, you like girls. Nobody, nobody really asks weird questions like they do now because, because mainly everybody wants to be American and the American ways is kind of like the wave now. You know, if you, if you can sound like you're American, if you can act like you're American, then you're cool. So, so that's why um, a lot of those things are starting to people are starting to get a little friction in that. Like when parents see two, um, two, two sons holding each other now, they ask questions like, "Whoa, why why are you holding his hand?" Like, oh, I don't know. We're just showing love, I guess. But um, but yeah, wherever you got that information from back in the days, that was true. It was no, it was not a thing. But nowadays they call attention to it because of social media, and um, the American culture, the American um, influence kind of just going around all over the world, and people are saying, because in reality, people dim America is cool. So everybody wants to kind of, you know, that's why everybody wants to come to America. That's why you see a lot of um, men, women on dating sites trying to date Americans so they can come to America because they think they think America is like the standard and whatever Americans do is what we need to be doing.
1: Golden slices of bread. Now
0: now now let's move now let's move let's move on to today though. The last time we had a conversation, I I did say I was going to do a little bit of research into this to kinda see what the LGBT community looks like, especially in Nigeria. So on my on my last trip I actually um I had lunch with this one guy. Now, one thing I've noticed is as, if you're in the big city, it's, it's not a big problem, right? Like everybody kind of just live there, um, kind of move around. Nobody, Nobody's really worried about a lot of things. Now, when you start getting to the to the smaller communities where you have, like, um, the older folks, you know, just like America, when we're talking about racism, right? It's usually the old white man. It's the same thing. Over there is the old um, Nigerian man that will go, oh, wait, what do you mean, um, yeah, that's not acceptable in this area or whatever. But they're not going to do anything to you. They're just going to talk about it. That's the that's that's major thing. Now, I don't know if you're familiar with Fela Kuti. Yes. So, growing up, we were told everything about Fela Kuti was evil so we should never go we should never even support him or now to me is one of is one of the three greatest people that have ever lived in my opinion not that i studied and know but we used to hear about him as kids but we never really um we, we were not allowed to gravitate towards him because apparently he was evil so i visited the felakuti shrine it's a whole community in lagos and that's the only place where i saw everybody And it's not the the most luxurious place, but it's one of the most peaceful places in in Nigeria where everybody can just be themselves, because that's what Felakuti was preaching, that we're all equal, we're all the same, and just let everybody just be themselves. We're not, you know, everybody's not the same, but we are also the same, because we're all in the same struggle. We're all fighting the same battles. So, I visited at the shrine, his son actually performed that day, and I was able to watch the performance, I saw a lot of, um, a lot of um, um, gay people, and I actually had a conversation with them, like, oh, you know, you guys are open and you, you, you don't have any problems, and they say, oh, yeah, around here, we don't. Um, but when we, go, when we do go out, um, out of this community, we have to act accordingly. But that makes sense to me as, as meaning, at the end of the day, in in a lot of places, even as um as a black man in America, if I go to some places, after when I'm at work, I have to act accordingly, quote unquote, whatever that means. Right. You know, you, you, know you can't keep it real because keeping it real can go wrong, can mess with your money. But so I see what they were trying to tell me. But I say all of that to say, there there are places where in especially in Nigeria where you can just be. And then there's some places where you kind of have to try to fit in a little bit. But then, uh, of course, when you get to, but overall, gay people are thriving in Nigeria. Um, transgenders are, tra- are thriving in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. You ever you ever heard of Babrisky? She is making money. I'm like, hey, man. Um, and, and it's a couple of it's a couple of others, um, and and the truth is because African men uh, one thing about African men is that um, we were raised also to be ultimate providers, right? So we have to be macho at all times. So a lot of the a lot of the folks that are, that are um, gay, they don't um, they don't want to they don't want to be public with it but they are there. They just don't want to be public with it because they feel like they need to keep that. But then again, that happens in America as well. A lot of black men just, they, they just don't want to be public with it. But overall, I would say um, one th- one thing you will have um, on your side is your dollars. And that's, that's just me being real, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, if you have your if if you have your dollars, you will always be fine in 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 that continent. Huh. That's the bottom line.
1: You, you know, I, I I'm remembering when we were talking to a storyteller, and he explained that places like Victoria Island can also be much more accepting of the LGBT because that place in Nigeria has a lot of money, and, and I forget this other island that I just found out. Uh, David O lives on or, or something. Another banana banana island. banana. banana island. Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And in places like that. Yeah. So um, so that's kind of what I was alluding to earlier in uh, if you're in the big city and you live on the island. So the is- the island consists of a lot of places. Now um, there are you have the you have Leki. Leki. is the main island and then Nigeria Nigeria is big on socioeconomic status. Like everybody wants to show up. So it started with Leki it started with Leki and then it started they started breaking out saying well where a little bit of a higher class than you guys. We have more money, so we, we they, they cut out we, Banana Island came out of that. Um, you have on um, Victoria Island, you have Ikoyi, Ikoyi, Ikoyi. Banana Island is within Ikoyi. Ikoyi is the most expensive place to live in Nigeria. Put what it out the, let me put
1: Victoria
0: it out. Wow. Okay. Okay. But but but. But one thing you need to realize is, though, they're all in a close proximity of each other. It's like the DMV. I don't know if you're familiar with the DMV area, D.C., Maryland, Virginia.
1: I, I just left the DMV. I, I lived there for all of my adult life until now when I moved to Ohio.
0: <laughs> so, so think about it that way. So it's, that's how the island is. Everything is in close proximity of each other. And I guess so. DC would
1: be like Icoe, like the most expensive part of it.
0: Yes. So DC would be like Icoe, and then Silver Spring would be Banana Island. Ah,
1: uh, okay, okay. I see, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. Very cool. All right. Now, some places are now acknowledging the colonial slavery origin of anti-homosexual laws and are subsequently abolishing such laws also shout out amazing nigerian rapper falls recently did a wonderful song hypocrite in which he acknowledges the humanity of the lgbt plus community and the hypocrisy of homophobia hence the title now When might we reach the critical mass necessary for LGBT plus Africans in the diaspora to start building lives on the continent? And it sounds like you're saying there are places where that can already be a thing. Any LGBT families and stuff in those upper echelon,
0: Places. You you won't know about them. That's the that's the that's the thing. You you're not going to hear about them. They won't put that out there. But they they're, they're out there. <laughs> you just don't know. Because think about it, Babruski and all these other people that um the the people the the people they're sleeping with are these big people. That's how they're able to get a lot of the money they're getting. But they can't. They can't. They, they will never um, put that information out there. Okay. Now, I'm glad you said the diaspora community, the diaspora kind of building the community overall. Now, I I am of the school of thought that we're all soldiers of the same struggle, right? When I say we, I'm talking about black people. Period. Now, we can have different views, different opinions. That's that's normal life. That that doesn't matter. But overall, what um, some of the things that I've been working on is to is to get Black people overall, bunch of us in the diaspora, to start buying up land in um, in these African countries. Now, I I have most of my connections in Nigeria. Some of my friends are doing Ghana. Um, and we've been trying to get a lot of this land at, I mean, at, at, at pretty cheap price, like under three thousand type thing, like. And then give us, and then we're asking for, hey, once we buy up all this land, give us at least three years for each person to build up their land, right? So that way we can have a whole gated community for, um, for um, that dias- for people in the diaspora, all blacks in the diaspora that wants to this own property back there. Because, and the only reason why I'm doing that, or the reason why I'm thinking about that, is because I'm starting to notice gentrification is a thing. And they're already buying up our land. For example, if you go to Ikoyi, you go to Banana Island, you go to Leki, you're going to see the upper, upper, upper echelon of Nigerians living there. And then you see regular white people. That annoys me. <laughs> okay, it's because energy. the average, yeah, because the average Nigerian cannot cannot afford to stay there, but the average white person can stay there. It it goes back to I don't know if you listen to Chris Rock. Um, when he said he uh, his neighborhood in New Jersey, way state, um, beautiful neighborhood with the houses are tens of millions of dollars. Only, only three black people live in this neighborhood. It's him, Jay-Z, and Eddie Murphy. But all these white people live in the same neighborhood and they're like dentists and
1: yeah.
0: um, accountants and regular people.
1: Yeah.
0: And they're like, how? So, But the how is because they don't, they don't acquire that land and the same amount, the houses, they don't acquire those property on the, uh, the, the same prices, right? They sell it to them a lot cheaper than they will sell it to black people. People do and, that there too? Okay. Uh, well, ever since I've been visiting, I'm starting to notice that you see the average, and you know me, I'll go talk to, i talk to anybody. I' go talk to them, and some of them will go, "Oh yeah, I'm a teacher here i'm a i a you a teacher, and you live here <laughs> you're a teacher so uh-huh. but it but the thing is what what people tend to do is they, they tend to give them this land for free sometimes and sometimes for a cheap price, but they'll sell it to the average Nigerian for millions of dollars, so that way only 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 the uh, rich Nigerians can live amongst white people. Hmm. I'm sorry, that pisses me off. <laughs> Wait,
1: <laughs> so and I and I just didn't I missed it. You said I'm sorry. Da da da.
0: No, no, I'm saying I'm sorry. That pisses me off. It's I don't know if it doesn't piss anybody else off. That pisses me off. And because. A lot of things I would accept here in America, but when I'm home, I don't accept it. The way I talk to, the way I react when I'm home is different from the way I react to things when I'm here. Because, you know, I'm like, oh, hey, I came here, I came here for a purpose, I know why I'm here, and I kind of just do that. But when I'm home, you can't tell me I'm not supposed to be somewhere because you're white and you don't think I can afford to be here. Do they? Like, I've had those encounters with, yes, I've had those encounters with people. And, and then immediately you go, oh, you're American, never mind. I'm like, no, ask that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so it's starts but the thing is, it's starting to get to that point, and black people overall still don't know that they can actually go back and purchase land you don't have to stay there permanently, but you can purchase land, you can own the land, and you can build on it and use it as an investment property or whatever it is that you want to do. But the whole point is we just, I mean, I know we see all these things about Africa on the news. We always see the negatives, right? But it's funny how black people don't go because of all these negative news, but white people go to Africa whenever they want. And it's, it's a safe place whenever they go, but when black people want to go, it's not safe. What? that's not even true. Even, the truth is that plan has been working so well that even Nigerian Americans don't want to go back home because they're like, oh, it's just not safe. It doesn't sound like it's safe. Huh. I'm like, but the, the I'm like, what? The whites and the Chinese. We have a Chinatown in Lagos now. Yeah,
1: they, they, they have. So,
0: so that's, that just tells you all you need to know about the narrative that's been put out there. So that's why I said, I just want to take you there. I want you to create your own narrative at the end of the day.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna ask more questions about this community and, and I, I, I know as far as time, but it sounded so cool. The community, you were talking about building a, a new uh, community, specifically of Blacks in the diaspora. It, uh, w- what's the status of that
0: now? Is that um, a, a, couple, a, a couple of us have been able to purchase some land that um and actually I'm my property is almost done now I've been, I started building mine last year December of last year and um because of the pandemic um you know we've been able to work a little harder and acquire additional land um however I don't want to buy all the land I want other people to be able to buy some of his land as well. <laughs> and I say I don't wanna buy it for the land because I don't want, you know, capitalism at its best. I don't wanna be that guy. Because what I'm promoting is everybody, it doesn't matter, like, of course there's gonna be levels to everything we do, but whatever you can afford, just buy it. Let me put it that way. Um, at this point, the community is not huge yet. It's still, um, we, we've we had a couple of people that have been interested, and we've already made inquiries. Some of them are just waiting to go in November to get, to see the land, make their payments, and get the documents. So the goal of this is for us to build it from scratch, right? And not necessarily, not necessarily go and go to Banana Island and get a $10 million house. Most of us don't have $10 million dollars. And we're not white, so we won't get it. And we're not white, so we won't get it for cheap. $10,000. So i am kidding. Well, I
1: don't know. I, I don't
0: know. So, so, what, so, so what I'm proposing is, hey, instead of, instead of everybody aspiring and looking on social media and being jealous of all these people that live in Banana Island, I'm like, think about it. Banana Island was just a forest 12 years ago. So why don't we go take our own land and build it up the way we want to build it from scratch? And, um, of course, one thing about people, you know, basic simple psychology, people like to see before they do, which is why myself and a couple of um, friends and some people that have been on the ATG trip that now wants to go back to do the same thing, we have been acquiring some land and we want and and I started building my project because I want them to see that. Look, this was the land when I bought it. This is what it looks like now. You can do the same. Um, we have we we have a lot of different contractors that we work with, so you don't have to worry about. Oh well, do I have anybody I can trust? Well, if it, if you can't trust me, then you're gonna have to go do it yourself. Let's put it that way, you know. I, I try to see myself as, like, a bridge, you know. In, Niger- in Nigeria, the Nigerian politicians, they call me the best of both worlds. They're like, oh, you, you grew up in America, but you're also Nigerian because you, you were here as a kid. So it seems like you can talk to, you can talk to both sides. I'm like, well, it seems like that's the that's one good thing I do have going for me right now. is People in America will listen to me, and people in Nigeria will also listen to me. So we're kind of trying to bring that together.
1: Nice. That's very cool. And again, I have a million more questions I can ask you, but we're going to keep on going with the interview. So what is the main thing that you want our Burst TV family to learn about Ancestry
0: Travel Group today? Um, well, I, I definitely want them to... No, to so just to learn the fact, just to understand the fact that um, our main objective is just is to connect you with your ancestral roots, and the connection is le- is always left for interpretation, for folks. However, you want to be connected. As long as you're connected, is the main thing, because what that does is it that would help you to understand. Because you know, a lot of us are looking, a lot of us are always looking for a sense of belonging. So that will help you know that, hey, my people are somewhere and I know exactly where they are. Um, and I, I feel like that kind of just makes um, things easier overall for people, especially in this country. Um, the way you react to things might, be, might change. Um, the way you, I will use the whole um, George Floyd and Black Lives Matter for, as an example you know, a lot of people were outraged and, you know, people wanted change, but the change never came. But the change never came because we as black people overall, we don't pose any threat. And when I say we don't pose any threat, I'm talking, you know, it always comes down to the almighty dollar, right? We don't pose any threat. We don't pose any threat of, hey, you know what? Forget this. We're going to take our money somewhere else and see what happens. So, now, I'm not saying we should all take our money somewhere else, but I want them to know that we can because we know where to go. Just like the Asian community. When the Asian community complains, Biden changed the law like that because they don't want them going because they know they can't go. So, it's just the illusion of, hey, we, can, we might be able to go somewhere else So that's the connection that I'm referring to. The fact that you just know that you have, always know that you have an alternative, always know that you do have a home. If anybody ever says, um, this is my favorite thing to say, whenever anybody ever says, you know what, if you don't like it, why don't you go back to Africa? Maybe you should just go. Just go.
1: Say that again? No, I was just saying, I, i I've been
0: told that as a kid. I grew up in upstate New York, so yeah. So, and and, and back even as, a, as somebody that came from Nigeria, when people tell me back when I, in high, when I was in high school and they say, well, you should go back to Africa. I was feel bad for some reason. But now, but now I'm like, okay, I will. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And, and that's the and that's the connection that I'm talking about. Once, you, because when you feel when you feel that connection, at that point, the way you handle things and the way you respond to things will be different. Um, I've had I've had people that I've gone on the trip, tell me like they call me and just say, "Hey, man, I just want to say thank you for putting this together." Because for some reason, if I get pulled over by the cops now, I just act accordingly, and I'm like, you know, I'm African. I can always go back home. So let me just act like let me just follow the rules. This is not my country. You know, this is uh, the white man's country. Like they always say, even in Nigeria, they call it the white man's country. So it's just that. So I just, I just want people to know and to to know that, um, Africa is open and is right for people to come back. And even even if it's just, um, say, Hey, I came back and i'm connected to my roots or to my ancestry roots and i'm going back to america that's fine but always know that it's open for you open for you to come back in whatever capacity that's the and and I, i i don't want i want them to i don't want them to it whatever you hear on the news always question it like for example recently they talked about um the flight that came to texas from nigeria and somebody has monkey um, monkeypox or whatever. They say all that to say, to make black people and Niger and Af- Africans that are living in America, they say that to scare them so they don't go. While they keep going and doing business over there. Because the less of us that come back there, the less knowledge we have, the less threat we pose.
1: Unfortunately, kind of just like the whole Ebola thing a couple of years ago and it was just a couple of places that actually had it and here we were thinking or were informed like oh it's a big outbreak everybody's got it over there and it's like but anyway you always have to do your own research but I get it people have a lot to mentally deal with already so people don't always take the time so i agree i agree 100 percent. i, get I it. agree i get it. all right so what's next for the ancestry travel group?
0: um the ne- next step for us now is to just um, outside of... So we, we started with providing traveling experiences, right? The next thing for us now is to actually start helping folks um, become citizens of Nigeria. Oh, right now, I've been able to negotiate that being citizens of Nigeria. Now, one of my friends, Dornell, he just recently, he got his um ancestry DNA result. So he's from Nigeria and Sierra Leone. He just recently got his Sierra Leone citizenship, and he's geeked up about that. So the next step now is to um, start, start looking into helping folks um, get that dual citizenship and um, purchasing property over there, investing if they want to invest, you know, whatever it is that um, – whatever people are interested in. Because we, when we started, we had a three-part goal, right? And the first one was A, travel. Just let people go there and create their own narratives and whatever it is they want to do Two, promote more awareness. Um, let people know more about um, certain landmarks in Africa. Or if, if you ever visit Africa, I always encourage people to, once you take your nice Instagram pictures, drop your location, let people ask you about it, let people talk more about Africa. And then finally the investment portion of it, which is mainly um, land and, um, proper, uh, real estate or whatever, whatever business it is that you want to do out there. Let, let me put it this way for you. Simply, this is a simple thing I always use as an example for people. KFC was the first group to go to Nigeria. Really? They were so, su- they were so successful that today we have Domino's, Cold Stone, Subway just got to Nigeria um, in, the last couple of, in the last six months. Whatever it is that you're doing, whatever it is that you're doing here, if you take it over there, you will build a million-dollar business within two years. ACON has been promoting that for a long time, but people people didn't believe it because, like you said, we have a lot of mental things to kind of break through to be able to get to that point. But Africa is is right for everything, investments, or if you just want to go there for a vacation— you want to build a vacation home over there, whatever it is, Africa is open to Black people because we're the only ones that are not going there. (laughs) Put it that way.
1: So much to say. So much to say. I'll just go into the next question. (laughs) (laughs) What is the best advice that you, John Oluwabenga, have ever received?
0: Um, when I, when I was five years old, my grandma, my late grand um, mother told me to never overestimate myself. Um, regardless, just never, ever, never overestimate yourself because it gives you, it keeps you grounded and it gives you the opportunity to be able to listen better. And, and when you listen, you learn a lot more about it everyone and you're able to match you're able to manage and navigate around life better and that's kind of what i've held on to since and i've kind of been living my life like that that's why um i believe that's why i'm more you would say that's why i'm more um open to a lot of things i don't have to i don't have to agree with any with what you're doing but i but i hear you i see I mean, I, I understand your perspective because everything in life is all about perspective, right? right. I I bet you if you go somewhere today, some, there's somebody that believes Hitler was a good man and a bunch of people believe he was a terrible person. It's all about perspective. So um, that statement, that advice that I got to never overestimate myself has kept me grounded enough it does it doesn't suppress me or anything, but it has kept me grounded enough to be able to listen better and to just be able to see all other people's perspectives as well and I think that's been great for me personally Nice very nice
1: now we are about to go live and all right, the live is already showing, but it's not live yet. But I won't talk about it too much, I'll just say. So here are the five general Verse TV questions that we ask all of our guests. And this we're rounding out the interview, so to speak. Okay, so the first question is, if you had all of the money power necessary what would you do change that you feel would most benefit the lgbt community
0: honestly um i would just make everything i would just make everything more accessible and just provide overall security and protection for for the LGBT community. Because, I, because I, I believe, just like any other group, I believe that the LGBT community, they know what they want to do. They know the things that they want to implement. They know where they, know where they need to be, but it's just always that matter of safety, right? That is, that's the biggest thing. So if I can provide protection for everyone at all times, just make sure that just, well, just guarantee everybody's safety at all times, so everybody can be free to do whatever it is that they want to do. That's that's just my opinion overall. Because I I don't believe anybody's um anybody should be caged. Um, I, I I've always felt like, you know. P- people know exactly what they want. They know what they want to do. They just always think about the repercussions of the things that they want to do, and sometimes it's what stops them from doing it. So, personally, I would like I said I would just make. Make it create some kind of safe haven for everyone, especially the LGBT community, to be able to be free and be innovative and be creative and do whatever it is that they, they want to do. That
1: will be the gated community that you're building in Nigeria, right?
0: me which is which is what which is what I pointed out earlier that we all can come together and build this Community and make it like you said a gated environment, just like they have in all these different communities in Nigeria, where once it's gated, that's your community. You can do whatever you want in it. We we have our own security. We have our own. Um, so everything I just said pretty much is what I'm kind of trying to do on the on the low on the smaller scale though with the community I was mentioning. Okay. Oh, nice.
1: Now the. This next question starts off with a quote, and then I will give the question. The quote is, quote, ask not where I live or what I like to eat or how I comb my hair, but ask me, what am I living for? In detail, ask what I think is keeping me from living fully for the thing I want to live for. And that's a quote from Thomas Merton. And the question is, what is your goal in life, and what is slowing you from achieving that
0: goal? It, it's crazy how everything is kind of aligned. Alignment is a bit is a major thing for me. So my goal, my, I mean. The big picture of my overall goal is to just live a peaceful life, right? To just be able to live, in a, a more, live, just live peacefully overall. So the thing that's stopping me from doing that right now, I really want to move back home and go um, build that community, continue to promote that community, continue to expand it and make it a huge thing. But a lot of things are stopping me from doing it right now. But the major thing that's stopping me is the almighty dollar, <laughs> if you put it that way. <laughs> you know, because, they, um, like you say, in finance, we, we all have the – everybody has an entrepreneurial mind. Most people do, at least. But that golden anchor is always keeping us down. You know, we work. we got a nice job in America, and we're making six figures. We we don't want to live we don't want to live the good life that we're quote unquote living here. So you you never really try to explore and live your dreams fully. Now I'm not saying this is everybody. This is just most people. because like, if it was up to me today, I wouldn't even be here in America. But I need I do need to do a lot of the background work and um, acquire as much money as I can in order for me to be able to do all the things that I I want to do. But overall, I just want to, personally, I just want to build a community where everybody will just live peacefully. Now, is there going to be differences and chaos sometimes? Yeah, we we can deal with that. It's just, it's amongst us. But the overall thing is to just give, uh, be able to create that safe haven for people in general and, if you ask me what kind of person I am, I'm, I'm pro-black, but I think I'm more african which is why. And but that's understandable. Black blacks are Africans, and I I, I kind of just I just want us to be able to come together, and um, whatever that disconnect is, I want us to break that chain, because overall, you know, black people are great individually, but whenever we all try to come together to do Stuff as a as a collective, there's always that disconnect. I, I don't know what it is, but I just feel like we need to find a way to break that and all come together and build 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 our continent. Overall, I mean that's it, it, it's it's a lot of pieces to it, but it's just the overall thing of hey, if you really want to do, if we really want to do this, we can. But the question is, do we really want to do it? Because we're battling we're battling a lot of mental um, slavery right now that we don't even know about. A lot of people don't even know it, but it's just, it's a lot going on, you know. I mean, I I don't know if that was clear enough, but, um, like I said, my, 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 what I really want to do is to just get folks to be able to live in a peaceful community together and while we're still exploring each other's differences and, um, finding ways to turn that into positive instead of looking at it like it's a negative.
1: Absolutely. I, I love it. Very true. And thank you. And yes, it will happen. You've got this. We the community got this. It it it's it's coming to fruition. It will be. Now Amen. Here's Amen. the fun, slightly I guess question that we ask everyone. What is your deepest tea? Hashtag deepest tea, i.e. something that you've never shared on media before, but something that you're willing to share with us, of course. (laughs)
0: That's a tough one. (laughs) Um, Well, I would say overall um, for me, and I think I just started sharing this on social media a little bit. Um, I go to therapy a lot. Therapy has been really, really um, great. It has been really um, great for me personally, mainly because um, all the stuff we mentioned earlier about what people are even dealing with, that they don't even know they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and then as an as an African man that became a, I mean, as a Nigerian man, that then became a Nigerian American and all of that, all of those things can take a toll on you. So I've been, I've been dealing with a lot of my traumas um, in the last four years, a lot. And I've been going to therapy. I've been, um, and what I've realized is if I had done this earlier, If I was in the space I'm in right now, um, when I was younger, I'll probably be I'll be I'll be married with all my I'll be married with all my kids by now. Um, the young, the it's, it's a it was it's a lot of young ladies that I have reached out to that I have to apologize to because um, my trauma was what did not what caused the relationships not working out. So I've been dealing with a lot of my past transgressions because of therapy, put it that way. So it's, I say that to say it's not, it's not a bad thing for black men or African men to go to therapy. It's actually pretty useful and it doesn't make you less of a man. Absolutely.
1: I'm actually in communication with a therapist right now to start going to therapy and also fellow Howard University alumnus, Karaji P. Henson is doing a a big thing about the importance of mental health and therapy and stuff like that. So that that was such a great answer, I must say. I'm applauding your deepest teeth because that was important right there and people need that. So part four, I'm sorry.
0: No, I was just saying, I pr- appreciate that. Absolutely.
1: Now, what are some of your stumbling blocks that you've had on your path up in life and how did you overcome?
0: Um, a, lot, a lot of it is just... Um, You would say the differences amongst people, right? Um, like, Like, I think I told you this story earlier about how I was trying to... So I've always been trying to get Black people to understand the fact that, hey, you guys are Africans and we need to start trying to make Africa a better place, blah, blah, blah. But what I didn't do at that time was also listen to their perspective, listen to why, they were not so inclined to to. why um, they were not so responsive at the time. So this goes back to the therapy, right? The, um, the, the fact that I've been going to therapy, that has kind of opened my mind up more where, and then also with the, with the statement I said earlier, never, ever, never overestimate yourself, right? It has given me opportunity, more opportunities to listen more and to um, and to kind of understand other people's views, and then from there, I'm able to formulate something for us all to be able to come to the table. And
1: I don't want to call it a
0: compromise because it would seem like you shutting, you're suppressing parts of somebody's um parts of some, you're suppressing parts of, um, of of other people's feelings. But where we're able to come to the table and have a discussion. So I would so I would say. Um, that was a huge stumbling block overall for everything I wanted to do, but um, the fact that I'm able to communicate better with people now, and you know, communication is a two-way street. You have to listen as, as, you know, for effective communication. Um, that has actually um, removed a lot of the impediments and a lot of the roadblocks that I've had in the past. I'm able to. I'm able to. Um, I guess customized ideas around what people have been through and how or whatever it is that's whatever it is that is stopping them from doing something and I'm not and, and I'm, right now I'm able to talk in big picture right I'm not just talking to, about African travels or anything um, just overall in life because I have mentored a lot of people that we've been able to connect mainly because I'm able to put myself in their shoes and then I'll also tell them where I'm coming from, and then from there we understand each other better. So I would say effective, effective communication has been a way to you, you would think something as simple as communication is, is that is, a, is, is an effective tool, but it is to just kind of um break through a lot of a lot of the roadblocks and impediments that have been stopping people from being who they want to be overall. You know, people, everybody just wants to be understood, let's put it that way.
1: Yeah. Everybody wants to be heard and listened to. I mean, that, that, that's important. Absolutely. Right on. Now, last question before we close out What are some things that you would like to be left in the legacy time capsule for your work? When people look back and say, John Oluwabenga did dot, dot, dot. What would you like left remembered? Um,
0: I, just, I just want, I, I would say I just want everybody to, to just, to be able to say, you know, he, regardless of who the, regardless of who it is to just say oh he was he you know at the end of the day he he was a good person he had good intentions for whatever it is that he um for whatever it is that he was doing he was doing it with good intentions um i don't want to be i don't want to um i don't want i don't want to compare myself to um Malcolm x but what i I've, I've been reading a lot about Malcolm X right and it's funny, the one thing I really, really, like, gravitated towards about him was the fact that he was doing a lot of this thing, and um, he was being secretive about it, but he was trying to con- um, connect with li- the leaders in Africa, right, to be able to liberate Black people um, by bringing them back. But I'm not even trying to bring them back, but like I said, I just want, I just want people to... I want them to have the, to have an alternative and to understand that at the end of the day, there's always somewhere to go. So, so I want them to just know that okay, what, everything that I was doing, I had it, it was it was from a, it was coming from a good place, and you know I had good intentions at all times. That's the that's the biggest thing I want people to always, regardless of what happens, regardless of who it is, that okay, it, it was everything everything was always with good intention.
1: And, and now is as good a time as ever for such efforts. I, I do, you know, and and that's a good thing. Now, where on social media can people find John Abanga and the Ancestry Travel
0: Group? Ancestry Travel Group is on Instagram at um, Ancestry Travel Group, and uh, I mean pretty straightforward, and. Um, We're also on Facebook, um, at Ancestry Ancestry Travel Group on Facebook, and um, on Twitter, at Ancestry Group. And as far as um, my personal page, um, I need to change the name, because it sounds very arrogant. But um, my personal page on Instagram is at GodGiftToYall, and um, on Facebook, at John Oluwabengar.
1: This has been Verse CBs Week 118. I'm Aaron Mack here doing an All the Tea interview with John Oluwabenga of the Ancestry Travel Group. And everybody, talk to you later. Have a good day.
0: Thanks for having me. Thank you.
1: For, thank you for being here. Absolutely.